0: to Seize the GM. I'm your
1: host, Zendead. I am your co-host, Jules.
2: And I'm Garda Moje.
1: Have you ever had a great idea for a campaign? Do you have a group of friends who want to play an RPG, but you have no one to run it?
2: Do you want to see what the world is like behind the GM screen instead of in front of it? Well, we're here to help you do just that.
0: Each week, the three of us will be discussing various GMing topics, terminology, maps, atmosphere, world building, you name it. So sit back and relax. Let us help you improve your art of GMing
2: one show at a time.
0: So this episode was actually recorded before I found out that we had a new patron, and I would like to thank our newest patron, Winters, for their contribution to our amazing show that we are putting on for you guys, and I really hope that they enjoy the benefits that come with it. So without further ado, let's go ahead and hit that new episode. Welcome back to another episode of Seize the GM. Holy shit, guys. What? It's been a crazy, crazy, like, two weeks.
1: Well, yeah, last week it was two degrees, and this week it was 70.
0: It was 75 for me.
1: Bite me, (laughs) fanboy. No, but, yeah, insanity abounds, and we're not just talking about the weather. Um, It is true. Yeah, in the GMing front, my husband Zippy ran his very first fifth ed. Cool. Uh, nearly he he got one of our characters down to where he started making death saves in the second fight because it, it sucks when you have to roll three d six damage and you roll box Yeah. On everything.
0: Yeah, that always that always tears <laughs> apart mm-hmm. <laughs> a character pretty quick. <laughs> So.
1: Yep. But it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm proud of him. This is the first time he's ever run fifth ed. And, uh, and he's trying and he, he kind of begged me. He's like, come on, I'll run this for you. So pretty much he's kind of had to build a game around stuff that I would like because I, I have a raging hate on used to for fifth ed because my first experience with it was hell. Yeah. Oh, boxcars. Bo- oh, yeah. For for people that don't know, that means uh, on a D6, that's rolling sixes, because if you roll multiple, they look like little like train cars kind of a thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I forgot. It's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's an was,
0: Americanism.
1: Uh, we're sorry. <laughs> but we're, we, us weird Americans have weird slang.
0: It's true.
2: Like, I have no you idea you're know. talking about, weird slang. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: right. Yeah, but like Florida uh, doesn't have its own bizarre weird slang. Well Dude, they I
1: have their not. own species, man. They're called Florida man.
3: I do not claim any ownership to Florida, I just live here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: It's a, it's, it's, it's a bloody good job. I'm fluent in America and otherwise conventions would be hilariously unfortunate.
0: Oh, oh Francis now. Come on. <laughs>
1: I'll be honest though British slang is a hell of a lot better and I didn't realize I had inadvertently adopted some of the slang terms because of some of my friends And like, I'm like oh shit Ooh, that's not offensive is it but that just sounds I'm sorry you can say bloody at work but I can't say fuck so it's like oh god this bloody machine died on me again I can't say this fucking machine so that's true that's <laughs> so, so true so, who is our mystery guest? You you said Francis. So, uh, what, when do we get an intro?
0: Okay. Well, so for those who uh, were were present at Origins last year, they got to actually from the from the show. We actually got to play Shadowrun with Francis because Francis runs convention stuff for Catalyst. He also does his own AP for Shadowrun, uh, which is, uh, you know, what is that one? Uh, mana and Metal, I believe.
3: Mana and Steel. Mana
0: and Steel. See, I knew it was something like that. See? There's Francis. But, uh, yeah, we all got to, to sit down and play, which was awesome to be able to do. And... He ran us, and I—I <laughs> I had such a problem. Um,
1: uh, I think it was also kind of exhaustion. I—I I, I have a sleeping disorder, and Francis—he made me want to keep playing until five in the morning when I have a locked-in bedtime. And I said, "Fuck it!" I had that much fun running uh, in his game. So
0: yeah, we we played. None of the audio was actually usable. Sadly, <laughs> after all that work, I I went back and listened to it, and not any of it was usable.
3: You mean all of, yeah the the what was it thirty or forty minutes trying to get everyone's audio working all the mics and yeah re- plugging everything and yeah you know, at, w- at one point I think myself and Joel tried to you know put microphones where they anatomically shouldn't go in order to get decent audio and then it was bad yeah. Oh. Yes. oh
0: yeah, it was it was I was so depressed when i was when I was sitting there listening to it, and I'm like, Oh my God, I kind of remember where this was, and then there was this oh yeah, and this, and but you couldn't understand or hear half the people, and part of that was we were spread out in a hotel room, which made it hard to do, but um. It was, it was one of those where, while it worked really well to sit there and play in person, the audio just didn't work. And it was really late, and we were up
2: all night. We, we were not ready to be playing around a table recording, and we were already tired and kind of loopy, and it just was an interesting experience.
0: It was. It was. It was a lot of fun, though.
3: Uh, it, it, it was a lot of fun, yeah. Uh, I, I'm glad everyone enjoyed it. I'm, I'm sad that everyone out there in podcast listener land won't get to uh, relive the experience. But, yeah, these things happen.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> the vagaries of the machine god and everything. It, Sorry, it's no. Lost Shadow. Yeah. Lost. Palad, the, va- the vagaries of the resonance.
0: <laughs> just uh, write the transcript of it down and just release it as like a Mad Lib kind of uh, session. Put the words you want here. <laughs> <laughs> I I I'm not doing that.
2: Uh, <laughs> You're
3: thinking about it.
0: No, I'm not. Yeah,
3: that's that. Yeah, because it was it was what two and a half or three hours of like intense, hyper intense play. Yeah, it was that. would that, be a hell of a transcript. <laughs> it was three
0: and a half hours, and we still had the last hour to go.
3: Oof. Yeah, yeah. We had we. It got to. I mean, I. I'm naturally nocturnal, and it got to what I consider late o'clock. Everyone <laughs> else was practically falling asleep.
1: Godamn um, say.
3: Was actually asleep at one point, um, and and we still had like two encounters left. Yeah. Of it the was- five, I think in that module. So yeah. But what we was, we were we were about halfway, maybe two thirds ish.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and we we were hitting it hard too. But yeah, it's you know it was a convention game, and you know we've talked about like the time limits on those can be really tight before, but getting to actually play one like that, and I mean. I don't play a ton of Shadowrun anymore, simply because, um, yeah, we won't get into all of the, the logistical reasons as to
3: why I don't. Well, the, the, the best The best thing about that's, that game for me is the fact that I finally convinced Chrissy to play a mage. And it took about two hours chatting in between game sessions during the day, like the day before the session. And, and, and all of a sudden, Chrissy has this lightbulb moment. She's like, magic makes sense now. Thank you. And then the following day, she actually puts it into practice and plays a mage and did a pretty good job of it for her first mage. So um, something that uh, we might want to consider if, if we can schedule it, um, Shadow and Missions is now online. And that's done on Discord. We could try and get a session on that and record there.
0: We might have to do something like that.
3: I might even be able to draw for that even. Normal, <laughs> normal convention time slots for Shadow Emissions module is four hours. When we run them in the online forum, we allow five hours. But you get through the whole module in five hours. So it's you know, a guaranteed five-hour slot module will get done... And um, uh, I'm sure we can find a, a server that we can put the appropriate bots on to um, to actually get some audio out of it, which which hopefully this time will be usable. Oh, that would be nice.
0: I've actually I've I've been toying around with the idea of either using Discord or doing Twitch to uh, set up and and record so that i can just not have to worry about keeping it all on my machine if something horrible happens <laughs> it will be somewhere other than just my
3: machine yeah i audio only i i i'm not familiar enough with twitch and mixer and those sorts of services to to be able to vouch for how good audio only would work but um, it's it, In theory, it's doable. I know people who have.
0: Oh, I, um, there's there's but, another podcast that I know of that does it.
3: Okay. So. But, I mean, I know from personal experience using... Um, I'm going to give the, the maker of the bot some free advertising. Uh, Your Weasel makes a bot called Craig, which um, records from Discord servers, and it's quite good. Pretty good, actually, I would say. Oh, good. Uh, and and Improved yeah oh much so. yeah, yeah it Craig, now, Craig had some bad times. It did have some bad times. There were some bugs. It's now improved. Um he has a patreon, so he can afford to actually devote more time to it. He's got an alternative hosting that's in Europe. There's a second version of the bot so you can have both bots recording in the same channel at the same time. Um, it does some leveling and post pro for you automatically, and it names tracks and and everything. so it's it's much more advanced than it used to be. It's much more reliable, and the sound quality is as good, if not better, than it used to be. Um, just without the the chunks of missing audio, which was one of the bugs that he quashed about a year ago. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's very very doable. And using Carlton Davis's exploding dice bot for Discord, it does everything you want for Shadowrun, and then some. Oh, it's so, brilliant!
1: It, it's it, well, it's not just for Shadowrun. You can use it for Earth Dawn. Oh, you can
2: do any kind Merp. of die on there. You can actually do it on anything and uh, it, it, it's doable. You can do D20 on there. Yeah.
3: It, it's, it's, that part us? of, that part of the bot was designed for MERP. So there are actually MERP tables and stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can just, what,
1: what,
3: what I, I have done in the past is just used it to roll a set, roll a number of dice. And the syntax is fairly easy. But from a Shadowrun perspective, um, you've got commands for damage resistance, for summoning, for um, alchemy, for initiative, has initiative tracking that's exceptionally intelligent and smart, and it does all the roles for you, and it can track seizes and blitzing, and you you can mod your initiative as you go, and it's really, 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 really good. It makes, well, without it, my podcast couldn't exist.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I feel like as soon as I leave here I now need to go run a bunch of stuff on my Discord and
3: <laughs> do homework now. <laughs> you, need to. To you need to.
0: You need to do this so oh, that yeah. we can the,
3: we can do some stuff. The um Carlton has set up uh anyone who, who's out there may know Carlton better as Hayes from the Arcology podcast. Um he uh is also a missions agent. Um but he he has his own Discord server and Patreon. So Jump into his server and play around with all of the different commands and and everything else and mm-hmm. uh if you want to throw him a couple of bucks a month, you get access to all of the sweet sweet advanced features and it is well well worth it
1: yeah it's I, I... and the support
3: and the support he provides is is really quick you know mm-hmm. any technical issues with the bot, any bugs usually you know you're talking a few days
0: at this point, I lost track of my connection to skype which was then probably fixed about the time that this little insert goes in we will continue our discussion as soon as we get back in
3: Be anyone did whatever it is now
1: yeah and the one thing that i do i think that's really awesome about it it was made by a gamer that understands the needs of gamer and the thing is like he was taking feedback figuring out it's just like so it it wasn't made as a product to be inserted it was made as a gm and a gamer and then he was getting stuff from others like oh yeah that's a good idea and it's made for you know i it's wonderful um you just have to remember the difference between you know regular brackets and square brackets and angle brackets and um make sure you can see your keyboard because otherwise you can completely screw stuff up
3: Oh, he's he's and actually working on voice activation for it. Really? Yes, he's working on a way to get uh to have the, the bot in a voice channel on a Discord server with you and you say exploding dice rolled five dice and it rolls five dice for Shadowrun and tells oh you how God. many hits and all that. So he's working on that. I don't know how far along he is. He's also working on web interfacing for chummer xml character sheets and the hero lab stat block sheets with a web interface and stuff and uh-huh. he's, he's he's doing all sorts of stuff he's he's you know uh-huh. i i have i have dabbled in coding over the years so i kind of i know the general sort of flow
1: yeah, you and, and me both. some of
3: the issues and some of the stuff that he just does you know i mean
1: I don't
3: there when we've been chatting on breaks during our earth on games and he'll just you know we'll say something and he'll randomly start pulling shit out of his ass and it's just like whoa fuck dude seriously calm down you know there's a fucking fly pass going on right now
1: yeah there was uh and so here's here's the thing one if you guys ever meet you ever meet this gentleman at a convention and you have used his exploding dice maybe buy him a beer he deserves it
3: one yeah. because oh he does
1: as a coder, and I have done this because your entire day can be completely jacked up by a semicolon or uh, missing missing a period or forgetting a close paren. And yeah, and then you're you know flicking off your keyboard and the screen, and you want to blow everything up. So it's not just as he's doing bug fixes; he has to make sure it's so functional, which is brilliant. So hooray, hooray! So you know if you find and you, also, find it and you and like
3: it. Yeah, definitely. I, I I would I would definitely agree with Chrissy there. But another thing, he's also dealing with APIs that have not remained static in the last two years.
1: Oh God, I forgot about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff has changed.
3: Yeah, Discord changed their API a while back, and that caused a bunch of bugs. And uh, because there was undocumented features within. The API, and there was another API, and I think his cloud uh, is the server he hosts the bot off of. Their API changed, and oh man, the number of APIs he's having to play with, as well as jumping through the code itself. Carlton right. Davis is next level smart. He, he's well. You know, here's
1: I'm, well. All right. Here, here's the thing. I, I am thinking that any of us that use that exploding dice in the shadow run community, if, if um, one if we ever see him maybe it, you know maybe we can all the all the gaming podcasts out there and the shadowcaster's network siege the gm and all the other wonderful guys that you know maybe all like chip in a couple of bucks we get him like his own like personalized set of dice as, as a thank you and an engraved thing or something like that you know or well, and we can put he, it like for when the power goes out
3: he has a patreon so and uh, if you if you're a member of his patreon um you get access to the Patreon level commands which are um pretty freaking awesome.
1: Yeah, Francis, so, make sure make know. sure you send us the make sure you give us the link for that Patreon and we'll make sure we put it down in the doobly-doo for already uh,
2: in the doodly-doo along with Craig.
1: <laughs> Cardamoget, you have to stop being like
0: extra Proactive. Awesome.
1: <laughs> no, he's too awesome. I can't I mm. Well, here's here's the thing. I, I think what we also might want to do um, on our podcast, just kind of as a nice thing, is um, you know, may, I'm thinking maybe want to remind uh, our lovely listeners, you gorgeous people out there, you know, about this. So our new people that haven't might caught up to it and are kind of listening to the latest, and they go to the back catalog, you know, so that way they might hear about it sooner. Because if if he can get support enough to make this thing absolutely brilliant. I mean, one, cool. I mean, it's, you know, you high five for that. Sorry,
3: sorry, Chrissy, I hate to interrupt, but don't you mean absolutely brilliant uh (laughs) her?
1: Point. (laughs) Point, yep, yep. (laughs) I'm terrible. That's me.
3: (laughs) Zen, didn't, didn't you interview Carlton about the bot at Origins in, like, 2017?
0: I think so. I think there is actually an episode where we did talk yes. to him. We you
1: know, did. It was kind of in proto, though. You know? No, it
0: existed, but it wasn't. It didn't have all the features that it ends up with, like it yeah. has today.
1: No, like I said, it's a proto version of all the of the massive awesomeness. Although I yeah. will tell you that. Um, Certain people have luck with uh with die rolls, like if you've got like your die and you're rolling your own die. I will tell you that bot has screwed me over so many times. He's like, All right, I'm rolling this and I'm putting all my extras, and I'm using karma. And I roll and I'm like, That's a five, <laughs> crap, that's a step oh, yeah. 18. And I rolled a five, yeah, yeah, I uh,
3: can can give you many stories about that. It's a running joke. His uh, his now. Fifth level archer um still only hits what fifty percent of the time
1: <laughs> That's so mean
0: that sounds about right
2: there is No, yeah, I was gonna say there there is very much a feast or famine for archers in that bot, and i I still shake my fist at Carlton <laughs> periodically
3: <laughs> yeah and, and of course he's he's in our Earthdawn group, so he gets to hear this stuff um another thing he plays in the. He plays Salad in the Radix Rats portion of my podcast, and uh, eventually people will get to it once we're caught up. But uh, the Decker in Manor and um, Steel—he's forever commenting on his dice luck because you know he'll. uh, We had a situation where I think he rolled twenty-one dice. For a matrix action, he got two hits. Used edge and got two hits.
1: You're kidding me!
3: It's statistically improbable, but it's happened a couple of times in the last six months.
1: Yeah, but I'll be honest. I don't know if he's kind of cursing other shadow runners with this fate because I've used other electronic dice rollers, okay, on other different programs, and they have never boned me so hard but here's well, here's the thing though the, the, the
3: thing the thing the thing though with with exploding dice it actually has a stats command so you can actually look at your stats and they are statistically correct it's just you know as as we're all gamers we've all been there you know you only remember the 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 short to medium length streaks of bad rolls you don't remember the the time when you're rolling you know Consistently through a fight, you're rolling 12, 12 yeah. guys and maxing out your limits and, and well, all that stuff. But
0: see, you have somebody like my wife who, when we play like Pathfinder or whatever, she will, and, and it's not an exaggeration, she will consistently roll three, four, nine. Statistically speaking, those three numbers should come up about 5% each. Except for her, that's like 80% of her rolls. Yeah. And when she rolls damage, it's always a 1.
1: Oh, God. Always.
0: Wow. It, it's not something like, oh, if she hits, that's why like she started playing like a sorcerer because... She can cast something that hits without having to actually roll. So she just okay, roll damage. Oh, I got my one.
3: But she's hitting every yeah, single that, round. And that statistically
0: that also sounds it's in
3: like, imp- uh, archer in Earth Dawn. Statistically it'll, it'll, speaking
0: it'll, though, that should never happen. And it's always yeah. that way.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I mean I I have I have the, the opposite. Yeah. Um, when I'm, because obviously, you know, I, you know, my, my podcast we record every week, and you know, it, it's like six sessions a month because of uh, Rats and Copper Chronicles, and it, it's it's fairly consistent that I will roll. I, when I'm rolling for NPCs and stuff, it's very rare for me to uh, to roll under average, and it's not un, it's not rare for me to roll over average, and some of my players are like stop it yeah yeah
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah but just, here here's here's a goof for me because um in earth Dawn, i have two abilities um you know it's like i am i am a fighter so i will and by the way thank you Gardemanger. that spreadsheet is delightful oh i love it it's so much easier but i'm like all right i'm gonna hit it i whip and it's coming at me it's like all right um Frog monkeys, all right. Avoid blow. And my ranks and avoid blow. And my steps are all are, is lower, but you I, have, I have I have I have I have, and I because I checked this, I actually you know I have done I have actually successfully put off avoid blow more times than I've actually hit anything. <laughs> well, so it's just like I, so- I am this super dodgy fighter that can't hit crap, and the bard is kicking my ass
3: the the thing that quite yeah, often happens in <laughs> in happen. our in our Earth group is um because
1: uh, you know
3: playing an archer and so he has like three roles in order to actually hit someone because he's using various different talents. And then you know it's like yes you get you get two extra successes. Yeah, okay, so your, you know, so he puts in his damage roll and it comes up you yeah, have four. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The, the number The number of times
1: that that say.
3: and the other the scout in our group who does, doesn't come very often anymore because because you know life sucks, um, who also uses a bow. The, the number of times that they've both rolled damage that is absorbed by the armor. It, it's yeah, it, it's. Uh, but you know, these are the Valgaries of of um, uh, of dice dice probability, and you know, the exploding dice is, is one of the better electronic rollers I've I've encountered in four years of, of gaming, so yeah, and all the features are, are excellent I mean, uh, I don't know if, if you've used this one Chrissy, but it's uh, the damage resistance test, so you, you put in, you know your, your body dice, your armor dice the, the damage that's coming up, and it will tell you how much you take, and if you edge it, it tells you how much you take after the edge and it also factors in hardened armor and mixed hardened armor and normal armor and you know all that sort of stuff and it it just does it all and it's just you know one command and it just tells you how many boxes of what you take it automatically stages down to stun if it's too if it's below your armor and all of that stuff and it's just like yeah this is this is a this is a excellent bot made by a gamer and gm for gamers and gms to use and it's it's sweet as a nut it's just fantastic
1: oh yeah I, it's yeah that's and here's the thing because um well that because of that that dice roller one uh I, the one thing also I like it because like all the stuff it shows up in the discord chat so like say if you have like a, a wonky thing that you put together uh, you know, it's like, okay, I do this, and then I add this, and then I do this, and then I add this um, in the, uh, you know, to, to get whatever the heck your step is in on. Well, all right, so it's like if it's not, you know, it's like uh, I started putting a text file, but I also found out that if I'm going to do the same thing again, the nice thing it does is it shows what, what, what keystrokes you did to roll the dice, So you can just copy that and paste it again, which for me was really helpful because it's just like, wait a minute, oh, shoot. And then you accidentally close your text file, and you're like, oh, shoot, scroll up, scroll up. So, you know, you can just, it's like, oh, I want to do that again. What was it? Ah, copy, paste, boom.
3: One of the features that uh, is on the Shadowrun side is there is an emoji, which you can use, and you press that emoji, and you click on it. And the bot sees it, and it will roll the same dice pool again.
1: Really? I didn't know that.
3: Yes. So there is an emoji you can use. Man, um, I
1: didn't I didn't even know that function.
3: <laughs> yeah. Let's learn uh,
1: something new every day. Yeah. yeah. yeah but, um, uh, and... Mm, I'm jealous because uh, the thing is, like, a lot of people. Here's the thing: ever a lot of people I know use Discord for, uh, you know, cause they'll they'll have it just kind of as the voice, either using it like for voice chat or something like that. Um, when you're like uh doing video games, but the here's the thing that's kind of I I've found is um you know also with using Discord and is as, as being a GM. Here's the thing that I found kind of cool, because it helps if, and especially with Shatteron and Francis, uh, you are, of course, the expert at uh, kind of like more like the black of uh, pulling a really good black trench coat, intriguey thing. Because you can send ninja notes to like one of your players. It's like, okay, everyone rolls it and you could, you know, everyone rolls like uh, a perception or something like that. And then you can ninja note. And but still keep the flow of the game going, and I'm like, oh, I, I'm sorry. Just Dis- Discord has really done a lot for, <laughs> but it, it's great, especially for intrigue. If you're doing like a, a an extraction type run, Shatter Run, Ninja Notes, uh, so it allows you to get info to your players. Yeah, and and and, and Francis, I know you like being able to to give that kind of a thing because you, you pulled it off when you were running for us you know and it, and it felt very kind of like super spy
3: does it make sense oh thank you well, <laughs> okay. it, here's the <laughs> thing you. it's like
1: we're all but the one problem is is because one we were all exhausted but we we're really having fun and none of us it, it's like uh except for zip who can play a liar slash kind of infiltrator because he's a very good liar usually. <laughs> um, none of us are like, oh my God, how the heck are we gonna do this? Crap. None of us are good at lying. No. And so we keep screwing up and, and you're like and you'd be sending it, you know, little things to so one of us is just like, yeah, that person now hates you, but he doesn't hate everyone else because none of us have like all the etiquette or anything else like that. It's hilarious. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, we we had a ton of fun with that game.
1: Yeah. Uh I, the thing is like Francis, I mean, I had so much fun in your in, in your game. I wish I could return the favor, but I can't do Shadowrun uh to the the level where I'd feel. I can do a couple of other games, but so if you ever want me to run something in the more horror genre, you let me know.
3: <laughs> I'll bear that in mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but
0: uh so okay we've we've been like going crazy on talking about just whatever comes up which is awesome for the record but sort of it is it is (laughs) so that's the problem we can't do everything stuff at. you know he runs obviously he runs regular weekly games He also does stuff with Catalyst as one of the uh, GMs for their convention play. So when you're doing convention, like when you're running stuff at a convention, how, aside from the obvious, you know, you have X amount of time to finish this entire thing in, what other big challenges do you actually face running things like that?
3: Um sorry, bit of a frog there. Yeah. Uh, the timing is the, the by far the, the biggest challenge with uh, with modules because you know there is a lot of stuff in them and to be honest, if you ever if you have the opportunity to get one of the modules and actually read it through, you will see that in the vast majority of uh, convention slots, because we only have four hours, you don't scratch the surface. There's all sorts of other stuff in there, because these pu- these are published by Catalyst. You can buy convention mission packs. You can buy the, the Shadow Missions modules themselves. And so you can run them as a part of your home game. And there is so much more in there that you could you, know, you could easily turn one missions module into five six sessions because each of the encounters has that much extra gooey goodness in it that you could do you could have an entire four hour game session for example on just one encounter and do it that way. The other, the main thing though, is. Um, <sighs> One of the things that I find about the convention style of, of play is the randomness. One of okay. the... Because uh, I also write missions modules. Uh, I'm writing some convention mission packs which are going to be debuted this year at Origins and then Gen Con and then it'll be available for public consumption later on in 2019.
1: And if you're really nice and you buy a mission pack, you might autograph it for you.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um... But so the the biggest problem is you don't know who's going to sit down at the table. You don't know what they're going to have. And with Neo-Tokyo in 2018, we started afresh. Everyone had new characters with no karma. Previous year, I was running missions for the Chicago seasons. And with them, you could have someone walk in, go, oh, this looks like fun. Get a pre-generated character sit down at your table sorry another frog and the person next to them will be two three hundred karma with you know earn all sorts of stuff and have all sorts of advanced abilities and all sorts of advanced gear and and it's trying to find a way of not letting those characters overshadow the new ones also it's the player level of experience Um, at Gen Con last year I had a lot of people who were new to Shadowrun and so it's knowing which parts of the rule set to leave out in order to give the new players a fun experience but also not leave out entirely to give the more experienced players uh, a fun time because at the end of the day they're paying their money to sit down at my table and have fun at a convention conventions are my vacations as well you know, I, I live in Britain. You know, it is three o'clock in the morning right now. My vacations every year are flying to America to attend Gen Con and Origins. So I know what these people are going through because this is my time to let to, uh, have fun and, and downtime away from work and everything else. So I, that, is, that is always the first thing I'm keeping in, uh, in mind when I'm running a missions module. But the other thing is I need to make sure that I include everyone. So I, I need to, and, and some people are really shy. Some people are, you know, not as outgoing or not as forthcoming or some people will look at their sheet. If it's a pre-gen and they'll just see a block of numbers and they'll have absolutely no clue what they're they're talking about. And, and so it's, it's a, it's a matter of spotting the cues, which I, I'm not the best at, you know, I, I know guys who are much better at it than I am and girls and girls. Um, but, it's 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 just those sorts of things it's it's keeping it's almost knowing what the characters are and who they are at a fundamental level and being able to to throw things to the player and prompt the player as chris was saying you know i was i was giving people cues and tips and explaining things when we were playing that's kind of a something the main thing that that set missions modules for me apart from everything else because i've never met these people before i'm having to basically fly fly by the seat of my pants to try and get them involved in the game make sure they're having fun get them something to do and it can be quite challenging for for some of the the archetypes in shadowrun are very very rules intensive um yeah you know, you you have you have a new player who's never played Shadowrun before, or one of the players I had at GenCon last year in 2018. He'd never played a roleplay game at all ever in his life. I think the only time he'd ever picked up dice in his entire life was to play Monopoly or something. <laughs> um, and he sits <laughs> down with a technomancer, oh.
0: <laughs>
3: a pre a pre Gen technomancer, and he's looking at all of these things and asking what the hell's going on and what all of these things mean, and I, I'm just like, well, I feel his pain. Of... Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to, to get that involved, and of course, in in the legwork phase, um, but anyone who's familiar with Shadow on uh, the Sixth World will know that there are hosts where Deckers go in on their own uh, or hackers, if it's t- yeah, and getting getting that sort of stuff done because sometimes the one piece of information you need to be able to call the runoff is in a host somewhere and going through the hacking process with a brand new player who's never played a role play game before um that actually i really enjoyed because i'm getting to to help this person along and and that for me is what i get out of running these missions it's it's sharing the sixth world with people it's it's allowing them to 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 immerse themselves as deep as they want to in all of the gooey goodness that Shadowrun has to offer, both as a rule set and as a world. But I get to to in some cases be the very first person to welcome them into the sixth world and help them find their feet. And it, it's it's deeply rewarding. I find it's it's the it's the best part of of being a Catalyst Demo Agent. It, it's it's just you know it's like Please come in. We have pretty. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Which is, you know, it's it does change the way you uh, approach it. So yeah, that's.
3: And I, 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 freely admit, if I have a table full of new players, you know, I, I will, I will ignore certain things both in the module and in the rule set because i'm trying to get them up to grips with you know hits and thresholds and mm-hmm. and accuracy and limits and and yet if i have a, a group of experienced players uh, i had i had a table like that at origins 2018 it was all experienced players who who had those 3 400 karma characters from chicago you know played every module at least once if not twice from Chicago, and then they tip up to to 2018, and there's, and Neo Tokyo is sprung on them. Well, sprung on them, but yeah,
0: yeah.
3: And and so they so they they know. I mean, there's one guy who knew the magic rules about as well as I do, and I've been Whoa. playing combat mage for twelve, fourteen years. I
2: say like, for um, longer than some of the people playing at those tables. <laughs>
3: yes, We're longer than some of the people who've been alive at this.
1: Exactly. Point. Exactly.
3: Yes, one of the players in my actual play has been has not been alive as long as I've been playing Shadowrun. Yeah. Um, so we don't, yeah. we don't talk about that.
1: <laughs> makes us feel old, don't it?
3: <laughs> yeah. We don't. Um, we don't talk about so, that. So you know, and and at, i I had the I had the the fortune of at Origins and at GenCon of running the same module six seven times. Initially, when I saw my schedule, I was like, oh, it's going to be boring as fuck. But it, it, it wasn't, because every table was different. It was the same basic mission, but every table approached it differently. And I was able to, to use... I was able to dig deep into the module for, for, these advanced, for these experienced players who'd been playing for a long time and knew the rule set. And yet I was able to still get the module across and have people experience the story... Even if they were brand new guys, and I'm pairing back the rule set, and that is something that is not easy. It, it it's yeah, but it's a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah
1: the the one the one question I've got for you, quick, is just like you said that when you're running a game there and it's for a new, and you're trying to get them on a time limit. You're kind of like, okay, I'm not going to deal with this in, in the mod or something. How are you able to figure out what to leave out and what to put in so everything still flows, but you're not, like, smooshing everything into their head all at once? Is it just something you kind of feel out, or is it because you really know the mod?
3: It's kind of both. Um, I have I have a, a list in my head of, of like, you know, basic combat, basic magic, basic matrix, and then, you know, intermediate and then advanced and then, you know, true, you know, veterans. And it's kind of, I just go through the progressions. It's like, you know, a route, uh, a receiver in American football, you just go through the progressions and and you just go through what they can and see what they can handle. Um, but, you know, in, in some cases it's, it's, it's just, you know, we're there to have fun and, if I'm making it too complex because I'm throwing progressive recoil in or I'm making them worry about encumbrance or, or you know, some of that stuff, or I'm, I'm bamboozling a brand new player with a mage trying to show them how to use reagents to, to you know, help deal with drain, no, no, no. no. Th- there's no time for that. If it's a brand new player, if it's a group of brand new players, I'll just go with, right, you shoot, you have a smart link, you roll that many dice. That's your limit, and and it, it it just sometimes it's it's just comes down to that. You know, shooting is fun. I know it's perhaps not politically <laughs> correct in these times to say that, but shooting no. is fun. So if I can get people to shoot and attack, and um, then in social encounters, just to uh, you know roll their etiquette skills and, and maybe a con roll and and just you know try and figure stuff out for a lot of new players, that's about as far as I'll go. Because You don't really need to go any further. It's, it's you know, I want them to take away, yeah, I sat down, and I had fun, I got to shoot people, and it, it, it's that that's, that's what I wanted to take away from their first module. And then if they come back, then we can go through and we can start tracking progressive recoil. If they come back, then we can start tracking encumbrance, and we can start working about Ammunition usage and various different types and and all of that sort of stuff and you know, some of the the more advanced implants that get more confusing and all of that stuff. But the biggest key I find is making sure to describe things. You know, you're not just hitting. You know, you didn't just put that guy down. You know, you sprayed him in uh, in the chest. You stitched him from shoulder to hip, left to right. And as your rounds impact his body armor, you can see the the uh, electrical discharge of the stick and shot rounds causing him to jerk and as he's flying through the air about half a meter back he's still jerking and he lands on his side and he noticed that his head's at a wrong angle
0: yeah, yeah.
3: That's... I, I I like to include that sort of stuff but maybe it's because I'm a bit morbid but yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I, you know, people seem to enjoy that
2: I think that kind of evocative language helps get people into the game and into the world, which sometimes some people have trouble doing. And so that's the challenge. And I think that using the, the floral language, trying of creating that greater mental image can help a lot.
3: Yeah, I, I think so. And especially with certain conceptual concepts within the sixth world, I know a lot of experienced players and GMs who still struggle to understand to still not not understand, still trug- struggle to conceptualize in their mind's eye how augmented reality is used in daily life how that p- presents itself to the individual user you know just Joe blogs walking down the street how is AR affecting what he sees and experiences and how do you get that across because the matrix is a fundamental part of the sixth world in fifth edition and if you can get that conceptualization across it makes everything much much easier i find
1: yeah the the one thing that's uh, i've noticed when you when you do run games and this is i don't i don't know if it's something subconscious but you do use when describing certain things words that actually do have um uh, uh, I, can't, I think onomatopoeia, I think it is, where they they the words you use for descriptions also have kind of an effect, uh, you know, a sound effect or, a, you know what I mean, like squelch. You that has kind of like a ooh squishy icky feeling, but it's a descriptor, of, you know, and you do that. You use those kind of words a lot when you do run your games.
3: I, I, yeah, I I think I think it it is. I, I have been described as a purely theater of the mind GM. I, I spend a lot of time with my eyes closed when I'm playing because I'm picturing it in my mind and trying to explain it in, with words in a way that conjures that same picture in everyone else's mind. Um, and, and words like that, I find her incredibly useful when I'm doing that. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's. <clears throat> I don't know, it, it, I guess it's just yeah, how I roll.
1: <laughs> and, of course, you had to throw the dice joke in there at the end.
2: <laughs> well, and it's perfect timing, because like we say a lot of the times here on Seize the GM, that really is just the surface and we could go on for a long time. But for now. We're just going to have to have Francis come back at a later date for another episode and maybe hit one or two more specific ideas about how to use this language or some of his favorite ideas to use when putting a game together. But for now, those of you listening at home, please thank Francis for joining us.
0: Yay! Yeah.
2: Thank
3: thank you for having me. It's been a blast.
0: (laughs) All right, man. Well, I am... Yeah, I guess we're, we're going to go ahead and wrap this bad boy up.
1: Because if so, we don't do it now, we won't stop.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a bad thing.
2: <laughs> so don't forget yeah. to find us on Facebook for our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash group slash Seize the, the GM. Find yeah, us yeah. on Twitter, on Instagram, possibly even look at Patreon. And if you'd like to throw us a dollar or two, we would be very thankful. We'll even take uh, – are you back to pounds yet, Francis?
3: Not yet. We've always always been pounds.
2: That's right. You never lost a pound. We'll even take pound sterling. (laughs) It does all the math for us.
3: We don't have to worry about that part. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, it it does. It does. It even charges me sales tax.
0: I'm not surprised. (laughs) All right. Well, until next time, folks. Have a good one.
1: Keep gaming.
3: Take care. TTFN.
0: (laughs) You can contact us or the show using Twitter, Facebook, or plain old email. Our Twitter accounts are at Zended, at
2: Jules Podcaster, and at 2050GardMoget.
0: And the show's Twitter account is at Seize the GM.
1: You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Seize the GM. Or chat with us and other RPG lovers on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups seize the GM.
2: You can email questions or comments to the show at admin at seize the gm.com. And if you have a few bills you want to send us, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash seize the GM podcast, and we thank you.
1: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Seize the GM. Feel free to leave a comment about this episode on our webpage, www.seizethegm.com. Let the dice fall where they may, and we'll see you all again next week.
2: Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted materials referenced herein are held by their respective owners, No infringement intended and no claim of ownership is implied.
0: The music for the show is Dreaming Spirit off the album Ghost Machine by the Enigma TNG. His music is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license.